The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Ellen Debenport. And welcome to Voices of Unity. This is a show that invites different new thought leaders to share their wisdom and expertise to help you dive deep into spiritual topics so you can discover new ideas and practices that will enhance your life. This is the very first show of Voices of Unity. I'm Ellen Debenport. I'll be the host and kind of an MC for this show. I'm a Unity minister. I'm the author of two books, The Five Principles and Hell in the Hallway, Light at the Door. I served in two churches in Texas, and now I'm working at Unity World Headquarters, which is just outside of Kansas City, Missouri. I'm in charge of the communications department. So I get to oversee many of the ways that Unity shares its message with the world. Online radio is just one of them. Magazines, books, booklets, website, email, social media. People all over the world are excited to learn about the ancient principles taught in Unity. As more and more of us describe ourselves as spiritual, but not religious. So our guests on Voices of Unity will be Unity ministers and and some others who can share something special they've learned, kind of a body of work. So they won't be just one-week, one-time guests. They'll be here six or eight weeks in a row, so we can truly explore their areas of special interest. Sometimes it'll be specifically about unity teachings, sometimes just more generally related to spiritual practice. Like today, Rev. Ken Daigle is here from Unity in San Francisco, and I mean here. We are together broadcasting live from the tower at Unity Village. Ken happened to be in town for the very first episode of Voices of Unity because he's on the board of Unity World Headquarters, and they're meeting this week. So he's playing hooky from the meeting. Thanks for being here, Ken. (laughs) It's my pleasure, Ellen. Wonderful to be with you. When we first talked about this show, you offered me a variety of topics you could talk about. And we settled on science and spirituality. So that'll be our topic for eight weeks now on Voices of Unity. And it's a huge topic, of course, with many angles. I'm sure we'll just scratch the surface. But Ken said to me, let's start with neuroplasticity. (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) I, I know this. Neuro is the brain. Plastic means changeable. It's good news that our brains have the ability to change, to rewire as we learn and grow. And Ken says that can be tied to spiritual practice. So today we'll talk about neuroplasticity in terms of affirmations and denials and behavior. And then next week we'll focus on the brain in terms of prayer and meditation. Please join us anytime you can call while we're live on today, August 14th. The number is 816-251-3555. I I expect this to be fascinating, but Ken, where do we even start with brain science? I mean, where did you start? You were a dancer on Broadway, and now you're a unity minister, which is interesting enough. But where did your interest in science and spirituality come from? Well, it evolved because when I found unity, 
I was in this huge questioning part of my life. We're trying to figure out how my uh, spirituality, how my faith drive meshed with what I was learning in the world of science. But also specifically, and why I wanted to start with neuroplasticity, is how our brain works. When I was a dancer, I used to study ballet with this uh, Ukrainian woman, Madame Darvash, in New York City, right? <laughs> so we'd show up at ballet class every day, and she'd walk around with a stick, and she'd literally be pounding the stick on the floor. You're hopeful that she didn't hit you with it, of course. When she looked at me, and she says, Kenny, Kenny, your body is so beautiful. Too bad your head's attached to it. <laughs> oh, no. It's not encouraging. <laughs> not encouraging. Not definitely an affirmation, you would say, in unity. But what it was uh, showing me is like uh, my body is totally capable. My body is engaged. And sometimes our own thinking, our own um, history, our own negative thoughts get in the way of actually achieving something. And then that very same teacher taught me an amazing principle. Like, so in ballet dancing, if you want to lift up to, to rise, you don't lift yourself up. You push yourself down. That the physical reaction of you're putting your energy into the earth lifts your body. So hmm. the science of the physical form of dance uh, had a huge part in how you were able to, to achieve it. Then at that same time in New York City, I met Eric Butterworth and, you know, my mind blew open with all the possibilities. And I sat in Eric's church and I listened to Eric Butterworth talk about the science of spirituality and the understanding of, of how unity principles applied create results. And so that started me down this path. Amazing. So just for our listeners, Eric Butterworth was one of the all-time great unity ministers and writers. He wrote a lot of books that we still study today. He died 15 years ago. Yeah. And we're, we're still publishing his work because there's more of it that we're discovering. So Yeah, and just finished reading the new book that you just put out. Right. right the Eric, uh, Practical uh, Metaphysics. It was beautiful. It beautiful. was. It was like hearing from an old friend, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like sitting back in the church again. Yeah. So if oh. you haven't gotten it yet, I encourage everybody to, to look it up. and. To, I'm envious that you got to sit in a room with him and listen to him talk. Yeah, it was quite a gift. gift. So have you been studying brain science since then? Well, what I've been applying, which I've been really fascinated with, is how does modern science, like, so Eric had his, his take and Charles Fillmore, our co-founder before him, was applying science all the time. What is the modern science? What is this century science telling us about what we know mm-hmm. and do? And so, you know, the basics of unity, I started it sitting in Eric's church so long ago, was to affirm. You want something or affirm you're good. Well, we know practically that doesn't always work, right? We can affirm and what we're affirming doesn't happen. So why does that happen? What what gets in the way? And part of it also got uh, triggered me because when I was a kid and when I was growing up, we were taught that you have a certain number of brain cells and that doesn't change. And be careful how you treat them because we can't replace them. Oh, and, it, and if they die, that's it. That's it. Forever. They're gone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so, but we know yeah. now scientifically that's not true, that our brains are constantly evolving, constantly forming new neural pathways, that neurons are speaking and constantly trying to refire in new patterns. And 
modern research also shows us that we're actually also making new neurons every day. Every day, the hippocampus, the hippocampus in your brain is creating 700 new neurons. So by the time you reach 50 years of age, your brain is completely new. From when you were a child, oh. isn't that good to know? It is. <laughs> yeah, so why, why am I not youthening? <laughs>、uh, well, it also takes some practice,、uh-huh. and so that's where our spiritual practices come really into、um, advantage. By applying our spiritual practices along with what we know with brain science from today, from some amazing teachers, we can actually be more efficient and more successful. In using affirmations, denials, and new behaviors to create the life that we really want—an abundant, a joyful, a peaceful, a purposeful life—and、mm-hmm. in unity, we believe in transformation, and we say, "Change your thinking, change your life." So we've believed in changing your thinking for a long time. Yeah. Now we know more about how it really is rewiring itself. Yes, when you change your thinking, it's it's not only thinking, but it's also your history, right? So you can change your thinking. There's a, an amazing、um, science researcher, Daniel Warpert,、uh, talks about it and calls a Bayesian inference. This is theory. It's like when you're looking at something in the world, you're looking through your eyes. Right, and what we're seeing actually is seen with our brain. It's not、mm-hmm. actually seen with our eyes. We get that. We're also hearing things constantly. We're getting sensory input from the chairs we sit on, from the people we touch, from the light in the room, the sounds all around us. All this is being filtered into our brain, and that's in real world time. We're seeing, hearing, experiencing the world, but also going on in our brain is a history. That we're categorizing it by everything that's ever happened to us in the past, so we're not actually seeing it as it really is. We're seeing it filtered through what we've experienced before, and so the combination of sensory inputs in this moment, combined with the history, our prior knowledges and memories, create the belief. That I'm looking at Ellen, Ellen Devonport right now. I'm seeing her. I know who she is. I make all these assumptions about her that, in some ways, limit her, but aren't actually quite her. So the opportunity, in my mind, is to see it differently and understanding that what I think I see is influenced by what I think I know or what I remember, and so to create something going forward. I have to shift that. I have to shift that understanding, and so that's where our, I think our affirmations could use a boost—an understanding from new neuroscience that helps us to to lift them and become more successful and therefore happier. So, give me an example. Okay, so. If you want to have an example of an affirmation, let's start with a basic unity affirmation. Say,、like, "I am prosperous."、Okay. Right? right. So we say, "I am prosperous" all the time. I remember when I took the four T class for the first time. You had to say that a hundred times. Stretton Smith's four T class. If you've never taken it, made you say, "I am prosperous." I am prosperous over and over. A hundred times a day. A hundred、right? times a day. A hundred、mm-hmm. times a day. You had to say, "I am prosperous." But if you're saying that. And there's a little part of your brain that's saying, "But I can't pay my bills."、Mm-hmm. You're creating this、um, 
static, this noise in your neurosystem. So you don't quite believe I am prosperous and your result may not come out the way you think it should. Right? So what I think that, ha- that happens and that can happen with that is two things. First off, I believe that in an affirmation you should find and can find a way to make it current, present tense, positive, and true. So true meaning there is some part of you that understands the truth of that statement. And so I find some area of my life where I know I'm prosperous. I am loved. I'm surrounded by love. You know, I have more than enough. I have all that I need. And that statement rings so true for me. I have multiple sources of income. That's absolutely true for me. So I invite all of my students and all of my listeners here to find the, st- the affirmation that works for you. I have multiple sources of income feeding my life. Mm-hmm. Right, that rings very true for me. Okay. So what I do then is so that there's less interference in that affirmation, but then I actualize it by activating the brain. So our brain mainly exists for motion, for us to move. Right, that is the primary function of our brain. It manages our body. Really? Yeah. We think we think. <laughs> we think our brain is to think, but I think our mind is to think, okay. right? The difference between brain and mind. Mm-hmm. Our brain is a collection of neurons and cells that help us with most um, motion. And my speaking here is motion, and I use my hands a lot. So mm-hmm. there's a lot more motion in mind. And as a dancer, it was all about motion as a way of communication. Yes. Right? So your brain is helping you coordinate that. So if I say I have multiple sources of income and I have everything I need and I'm snapping my fingers at the same time I have it, I've engaged my body and it becomes clearly more activated in my brain. So it's making a new neural pathway. And then if I do it with my left hand, which is my non-dominant hand, it makes me actually work Carter. So I am prosperous. I am. I have multiple sources of income. I have all that I need. It's making my brain actually have to wake up to do it. So I'm not on rote. I'm not on autopilot. Uh I'm present. I'm awake. I'm alive. And using the body. You can also do it just by tapping on yourself. Mm -hmm. You can tap your chest. You can tap your heart. You're engaging your heart so the intelligence of your heart gets involved. And what I'm doing is that is I'm making new neural pathways in my brain, erasing the trauma from when I couldn't pay my bills, the trauma from some past life experience that says I had not enough, and rewiring the brain so that I will react in real-life situations going forward from that understanding that there is more than one source. There's one, one, more than one channel. Mm-hmm. of the one source of income, of wealth, of prosperity, of health, of love. So engaging the mind and the brain in an activity to change your life involves multi-century. So a couple questions for listeners and for you. Like, if you ever work out, if you go to the gym and you're on a treadmill, what are you watching there? 
Do you have the TV of CNN or Fox or MSNBC on and listening into and taking in the images of what's in front of you? Or are you consciously putting something in front of yourself so that when you're running and you're doing your exercise, there's a image that you want in your life being imprinted in your brain? So the physical activity, engaging your body in something that requires you to participate activates your brain A. So what do you want to do to reach program your brain chemistry at that moment to make your affirmations more efficient? I used to take um, my vision boards and put my vision boards over the screen on the treadmill at the gym so that that 20 minutes or that 30 minutes I was on the treadmill, I was seeing my vision board constantly and it had my affirmations on it. I am powerful. I am successful. I am loved. So those are the images that get imprinted when my brain is receptive and fully awake in those moments. That's interesting. And so it works both ways. You come up with an affirmation of words and then engage your body in some way. Right. Or... When you're doing something physical, that's a great time for affirmations. It is. Just because your brain is more awake when you're moving? Right, because it is It is alive, it is creating new, and if you're doing something that's difficult for you. So what happens is if you're doing something that's out of your normal rote behavior, mm-hmm. so you're, you're shaking up, you're walking a path, or you're running a path that's different, so you have to be a little more conscious, that engages your brain so your brain is looking to make new connections. It's primed for your new affirmation. It's primed to take on a new belief because it's not on autopilot. Right. So it's like when we drive with GPS, I don't know what the street names are. I don't know really where I am going and I don't know if I could do it again the next time. But if I have to follow a set of directions and get to a place driving, I can do it again. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing with brain chemistry. We're turning off our GPS. We're engaging our mind and we're using our affirmations to create new neural pathways in our brain. I was just reading a tiny bit about this brain science and how to keep your brain healthy. Mm-hmm. And one of the suggestions was take a different route to work. Yes. You don't do the same things every single day. Right. Yeah, just change so it. now I know why. Yeah. And it can be as simple as I was writing affirmations as I was doing some more research on this too. There's a couple different things that came up. One of them was to use your non-dominant hand more. And I used to like to write affirmations, you know, that old Catholic schoolboy in me, I'd have to write out, I, you know, my affirmations over and over on a sheet of paper. So I started writing them with my left hand. Oh, well, the first time I wrote a sentence with my left hand, it was illegible. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the page, it was clearer and I was engaged and I had to concentrate. The other part of it is concentration. When you're concentrating on something, when you're in the zone, time leaves. Mm-hmm. Your mind is clear and focused, and that's how we make these new neural pathways that will enable us in times of stress not to go to an old default of lack, but to the new affirmation of abundance, the new affirmation of prosperity, of peace, of health, Mm -hmm. to change the pattern. Um, I was teaching a class on healing and wholeness, a unity class, and Mm -hmm. used a video from Joe Dispenza who talked about why it is so hard to change. And it ended up being about the brain and the chemicals that it creates. So when you think a negative thought, it creates certain chemicals and your body just gets used to that. 
And when you start trying to think more positively, your body misses those old chemicals and wants to take you back there. And so you're teaching us how to help the brain make those changes. Well, yes, because change, while we all say we want it, (laughs) (laughs) it's been my experience that I resist it. I really want to give up sugar, really. (laughs) Really, I really do. I really really want to eat healthy. Uh I really do. But do I have to give up cake? Right. (laughs) Right. And... It's one of the hardest things because those are comfort foods. Those are comfort behaviors. And that brings us to, you know, the the thing of the behavior. That's why using your non-dominant hand, using your physicality helps to shift the experience. Because a lot of times when we're under the stress and we're thinking a negative thought, because let's be honest, you know, negative thoughts happen and they happen sometimes to us when Stressful things happen. Things don't go our way. An unexpected loss, uh, you know, a situation beyond our control. The world keeps spinning Mm -hmm. no matter how much we affirm that it won't. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? It's like that's that's real humility. I'm not keeping the the earth from rotating around the sun or the sun from transversing the universe. So how do I participate with it? rather than fight it? Mm -hmm. How do I participate with it and go along with the natural energy of life? If the natural energy of life is evolution and change, how do I participate and ask for guidance to make the changes that are necessary in my life? So, I mean, I know, and a lot of my readers, a lot of people in my community know I'm in recovery. I've been free of drugs and alcohol for 15 years now. And a lot of that was habitual behavior that had nothing to do with the drugs themselves, but the situational uh, chemicals that flooded my body brought me back and back to the same old pattern. So I would think about using Mm -hmm. drugs or alcohol, and my body would be flooded with the chemicals of it, right? And I didn't have to take a drug or a drink, and I would have... Uh, an experience of it. Well, we can do that without the drug or the drink. We can retrain our bodies to by using our brain to understand that bliss, that excitement, that joy, those chemicals. It takes some work, but there's some things that actually make it easier. So if you're doing like a rote activity that drives you crazy. I, I, one of my other jobs, too, I used to be a florist. And we used to have to strip roses. And everybody used to say, oh, is that wonderful? You get to work with beautiful flowers all day. And the reality of it was, you know, shipment of a thousand roses would come in and you had to dethorn and strip them all. Oh, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> right? So it was monotonous, tedious work. Mm -hmm. But stripping a rose is a physical activity. And as I would do it, I would be doing an affirmation. So something that would would consciously try and change my perception of the moment or my perception of life or what I want it to be. So that when we're doing the relentless and the monotonous tasks that always are going to be in our lives, uh, there's a way to do them consciously so that your brain chemistry shifts and then your body chemistry shifts with it. So... Okay, now let me just remind the listeners, if you're listening live, uh, you can call in, talk to us, ask Ken questions. The number is 816-251-3555. We 
We have a few minutes before the next break, and then we'll be back for another half hour. So go ahead and call any time. I wanted to go back to something you said that I think is so important just in constructing affirmations. I've, been, I've always taught people to choose something they can believe, which right. is what you said. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll have a billion dollars by the end of the week. It's just, <laughs> you know, your mind is just going to argue with that. Yeah. Uh, and, and there are some things we cannot affirm into being. Right. We can't bring loved ones back to life. We can't, you know, I can't affirm I'm a tiny ballerina and make that happen. And I want to be 6'4", but, yeah. you know, <laughs> I can affirm that all I want. So how do we know whether it's even something that's changeable? So I, the way I approach my teaching of this is underneath all those desires is a deeper truth. Right? Okay. Right? So uh, in the case of I want to be a, a tiny ballerina is understanding that your joy of dancing and grace and beauty that you hold precious. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I would – coach you to look at, so what is that for you? I have grace in my soul. I move lyrically and beautifully, right? Mm-hmm. And is that true for you? No. <laughs> okay, so let's find one that is. <laughs> so what is it about the tiny ballerina? Oh, let's, let's choose another example. Okay. Okay, so somebody who says they want to affirm a red Ferrari. Yes, I would say to them, what's the feeling you're going for? Is it freedom? Is it youth? Mm-hmm. Right. Is it, is it uh, stylish? Is it exciting? Right. I have mm-hmm. exciting modes of transportation. Right. Right. So it doesn't have to be that specific. Exciting right. modes of transportation. transportation. And you might end up feeling that way about, I don't know, a Honda CRV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Right, because it's red. And because it's the feeling you're going for. Right, right. And it's like, and it's exciting to get on a subway. Mm-hmm. You should see my three-year-old when she gets on the subway. She just thinks it is the coolest thing in the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that um, be renewed, you know, uh, renewed by the renewal of your, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, yeah. right? The renewal of your mind is to understand I'm looking for exciting modes of transportation. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for that energy of that sexiness. Oops, there's our music. Mm -hmm. So we will take a break. Stay tuned for a few messages from Unity. And then we will be back and we have a caller holding. So we'll talk to her as soon as we're back with Reverend Ken Daigle. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. 
Here's Eric Butterworth with a Unity Mindful Moment. Unfortunately, religions have tended to present themselves as institutions instead of perceptions, something you join instead of a transcendence that you experience. We've tended to believe that God works exclusively through the machinery of an institution. So it is self-evident that most persons believe that you go to church to get close to God. The fact is, if God is present in the church, God is also present in the theater. God is present, period, because God is an online presence, everywhere present. So you don't go to church to get close to God. But you go to church, perhaps, hopefully, to be challenged to dig within yourself and to find that consciousness of the presence that is with you wherever you go. So that wherever you go, wherever you are, God is. To pick up the Eric Butterworth book, Practical Metaphysics, go to unity.org and click on Shop. Daily Word has developed beautiful card decks to support your spiritual journey. One deck is about healing, another is about finding peace in troubled times, and the family cards are two decks, one for parents and one that can be colored on for children, so families can talk about spiritual principles together. The card decks are available from Unity. Go to unity.org, then click on Shop or call 1-800-24-UNITY Monday through Friday. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Get ready to stretch your thinking and question your beliefs. Tune into Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Monday at 10 a.m. Central on Unity Online Radio. Paul, along with his co-hosts, Rev. Bill and Cher Holton, will challenge your thinking and inspire you to open your mind and look outside the box. Discover Unity's spiritual laws and take a deep dive into the world of metaphysics and apply life-changing concepts today. Tune in Mondays at 10 Central on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Rev. Ellen Debenport. Hey, welcome back. I'm Ellen Devonport, talking today with Reverend Ken Daigle from Unity in San Francisco, which is a wonderful church, by the way. I spoke there last year. It's in Pacific Heights. It is. Isn't that a it's gorgeous part of San Francisco? It's. I'm envious. I mean, in truth, walking up and down the hills nearly killed me, but <laughs> <laughs> what a great place for you to be living. Yeah, it took some um, getting used to yes, the hills. I'll yes, <laughs> So Ken's our first guest on this new show. He'll be with us on Voices of Unity for today and the next seven weeks to share what he's learned about science and spirituality. We know that science increasingly is proving what mystics have always told us about the way the universe works, or call it God. Um, But first, Ken, before we run out of time, I'm sure people are interested in knowing more about you. So where can they find you online? So you can check out a couple different places. Um, first, we have uh, unitysf.com. 
is um, Unity San Francisco's website and have some information and all of my videos up on there. You can also go to absoluteabundance.org. And Absolute Abundance is my prosperity course. Uh, We have two different courses now, actually, our 10-week prosperity course and our six-week beginner's course that are being taught in Unity churches all around the United States and Canada right now. So I'm really excited about that. And, uh, they can find out more information on, on that. Also, of course, my Facebook page, which is Ken Daigle, um, all one word. You can friend me there. And Two Loving Dads, also on Facebook page or twolovingdads.com. My husband and I are I've adopted two children, and we're about to adopt a third. That's really? an announcement here for the first oh, time. Good. We are expecting a baby boy. Oh. <laughs> yes. So I am prosperous. I am abundant, and I am so grateful. And so Two Dads Online has told the story of all of this, right? Yes. If you can go to Two Loving Dads on Facebook or twolovingdads.com, uh, you'll find out all of our information there. That's great. That's a, that's a story for another day. Yes, it is. We may get there at some point. <laughs> we have callers stacked up like airliners <laughs> oh, great. Uh, circling around, around the station. So let's bring some of them on. We're here with Reverend Ken Daigle. Our first caller is Jenny Hahn, who is an old friend of Unity's. Let me see if that worked. Jenny, are you there? Hi, guys. Hey, there you are. I'm here. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> hey, Ken. Oh, it's hey, so Ellen. great to hear your voice. It's great to hear you, and I just love what you're talking about today. Yay, yay. So, I know you have a wonderful, wonderful practice in your art. So, do you apply this in your work, too? Yes, absolutely. Well, yes, I am an artist, and I've been using creativity and creative expression for healing and returning to wholeness in my own life. And, of course, now that just... Um, lights my fire as far as bringing that to others. And I believe that, you know, we all are creative beings and we know this in unity and we can all, whether or not we identify as artists, use creativity uh, for that expression and uh, for self-awareness, for mindfulness, for self-discovery. So, um, and I actually have been really interested also in brain research as of late, um, as far as there are researchers in the field of positive psychology who are studying what happens in the brain when we are in that creative flow, Yeah, which I think is uh, just so exciting. Yeah. So I love what, you, what you've been talking about on the show and Actually, you know, I'm part of a newly formed Unity alternative ministry called uh, Unity Arts Ministry. Oh, neat. Which is based here in, uh, not, you know, in the Kansas City area, but uh, it's led by Reverend uh, Jen Hutchins. And there's a group of us, actually, that just did a presentation uh, last fall for the regional Unity Conference here um, called Rewiring the Brain for Creativity, Compassion, Innovation, and Leadership. Okay. Nice, nice. Yeah, so we were kind of digging into, you know, that that subject of how can creativity uh, help to rewire those connections and, and exactly what you've been talking about, that um, creativity is a great tool for that, for getting us out of the rote behavior, for uh, creating new neural pathways. And um, there's so much in this field. It's just super exciting. So, And I love, Ken, that when you were sharing about even using your vision board while exercising, 
you know, that as you're ha- doing that physical movement and you're setting that intention and you have that visual um, that, you know, kind of like supercharging the <laughs> the results, if you will. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And, it's, and when I look back on it now, Jenny, it's like so many different ways that we can do that. And as an artist, I know you know um, – when I was studying art years ago, we did something called a blind contour dra- drawing. So mm-hmm. where you put your pen to a piece or pencil to a piece of paper and then you cover it so you can't see what you're creating and you're looking at an object or a person and drawing them, but you can't see where your pen's going. And it takes yeah. away that self-judgment, self-criticism, and your brain actually learns a new way of drawing and being a, a mind-body connection more accurately because you're taking out your sensor. Interesting. Right? Mm. And so that's yeah. what I'm talking about in this work, too, is we have to take out our past, our memories, our, our judgments, so that we can create something new. Because the mm. only thing that's limiting our full expression, our full compassion, our full peace of mind is those things we believe. Mm-hmm. Those things mm-hmm. we've learned yes. or been taught yes. or taken on. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. I actually did a, a similar uh, activity when we gave this presentation uh, to the blind contour, and that is one way you can make that kind of uh, cognitive shift uh, in the brain when while drawing is uh, if you use the example of writing your name. You know, if you just write out your name, we do that all the time, right? We do mm-hmm. it every day, and then we find something. That's one part of the brain that, you know, can write your name. But then if you stop and then you mirror that, you write your name, but you do it backwards in a, in a complete mirror from the other, then you're having to look back and forth and look at, okay, now which way would the line go next? Which way would the line go next? And so you're not on that autopilot, but you're having to stop and look and use a different part of the, you know, the visual aspects uh, and the relational aspects. Right. And that that can actually shift um, awareness. It's kind of like when I was in, uh, you know, drawing class back in art school and they'd say, you know, to draw a still life in front of you and you can see things as objects, you know. Or shapes, a, There's yeah. a box and there's yeah. a vase and there's this and kind of these mental notes. But then if you stop seeing them as that and see them as the relationships, of the shapes to one another and you know for instance draw the background instead of drawing the shapes draw the mm-hmm. the you know the the relationships of those then it's like then it's like we're not seeing things as separate we're seeing the wholeness we're seeing right. beyond labels and what helps me in this is just looking at these um interruptions as spiritual life hacks, that this is a way to change our lives for the better, right? So, and they can be as simple as getting out of the bed on the different side, uh, brushing your teeth with your non-dominant hand, just simple steps like that, that make you come aware and alive, that change your pattern, and you, you use your affirmations as with your coupled new behavior to create your new life to create the life you really want. Jenny, thanks so much for calling. Beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Ken will be here through September, so call back next week. Awesome. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Sure. Thanks, Jenny. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. We're going now to a caller named Robert. You are on the air. Hi, Reverend Ken. How are you? Hi. This is Robert. Robert Kane. Hi, Robert. How are you? (laughs) Doing well. 
Oh, good. It's good to hear your voice. Uh, it is. Robert, it lives in, in Mountain View, correct? California. In Redwood. Yeah, Redwood City. City. Sorry. Yeah, and Reverend Ken and I have been um, going back and forth and talking with each other, gosh, for a couple of years now, I'd say. Yeah, it has been yeah. my pleasure. Uh, loved being on this spiritual journey with you, Robert. So Aww. glad you called in. Um, yeah. Did you have a question? Too. And and I do have a question for you. You know, I was thinking about what you're talking about with integrating movement with affirmations. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I've had an experience of doing this myself with open water swimming. Uh, sometimes I'll be out in San Francisco Bay and I could be out as long as two, three hours. Oh, and wow. people always ask, what do you do during that time? In 50-degree uh, water. <laughs> <I'm like that>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in 50-degree water. And, um, you know, often what I'll do is not only just stay mindful to what my body's doing in the water, but also practice my affirmations. And it's been a, an incredibly powerful way to get present and rewire things as I've tried to make changes and move ahead with my life. And the question that I've got for you is, what do you think about working in some of the other senses? Because, you know, we work with sight, with vision boards. Mm-hmm. We work with um, touch, I would say, with movement. What about working with smell and um, sounds, different ways to stimulate the body in order to truly create that 3D impression of the reality we're trying to live into? Well, I think it's an, it's an incredibly powerful way of doing it. So let me ask you the question. It's like when you're in the water, when you're in San Francisco Bay, is there a special yeah. smell? Does it feel different on your skin when you're getting into 50-degree mm. water, right? Oh, totally. So totally. your physical activity is part of it, but when you can just open your consciousness to, okay, so the salt water has an aroma. The sounds is the bell on the buoy over there and the ships and the seagulls and what is all going on. There are all those sensory things are happening. We just learn mm-hmm. in this multi-sensory sensory culture to block them. Mm-hmm. Right, we we learn not to hear them, but when you can open yourself to them, oh, this will help reinforce. So every time you hear that seagull, that seagull is saying your affirmation for you. That seagull is reminding you of what you're trying to achieve and rewire. And also, I love the idea of of like putty since I've since you know I have my three-year-old now uh play-doh is everywhere in our house (laughs) but it's also been a joy to be you know to when I'm trying to not get her to get the play-doh off the couch uh, to to just play with play-doh what do I want to make what do I want to shape with it and when I am either listening to music saying affirmations doing a meditation I can do a meditation and roll play-doh in my hand Right, mm. and there becomes uh, a new kind of bead, a new kind of of way of saying the mantra. But it's shaping and creating, so I'm moving it like I'm moving my brain chemistry. Also, you can do that with scents. So you can do essential oils. So if you know you want to do something, infuse yourself with essential oil at that moment, and you're setting up that parameter so that your brain will remember the smell. Of that moment. Mm. So then also when you're walking, hiking, running, talking, what's also been proven in brain chemistry is that you will believe your own voice before you'll believe someone else's. 
So mm. take your smartphone and record your affirmations. Record your affirmations while you have your favorite meditation music playing in the background. And then go on on a walk and listen to yourself. So you're engaging your body. You're walking someplace you haven't walked before. There's beautiful music behind you. And you're listening to your own voice say your affirmations. It's a great way to gin it up, to really uh, rewire your brain. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, powerful. Very powerful. So in a sense, we're creating anchors for this thing we're trying to live into by uh, creating uh, almost a trigger sense, whether Mm -hmm. it's touch, sight, ceiling. I mean, just like when we say ready, set, go, we're all pretty much wired that when we hear those words, our body gets ready. We've neurally wired that as a culture. Right. And in in acting, they discovered it years ago as sense memory. That a sensation, mm-hmm. a sense, a memory triggers you and you have the physical body experience. And we know this truth in science is like your memory of an event is just as powerful as the actual event. You can have the same emotional, physiological and uh, – Your body doesn't know the difference. Doesn't. Also doesn't know the mm-hmm. difference in what you're imagining in the future. Correct. So that's a little scary. Scary. It's like don't know, doesn't know the difference that if you're imagining out of fear or imagining out of possibility. Mm-hmm. So we have to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Robert, thanks so much for calling. Great. Thank you both. Thank you, Robert. All righty. Okay. Oh, one more. Just called in. Let's go with Ray. You're on the air. Well, hi there, Ken and Ellen. Well, hi, Ray. Oh, this is my – I've uh, from the listeners here, I have been on sabbatical from my church for the last three months. I'm going back to work on Thursday. And Ray uh, is a wonderful member of my church, and I haven't seen any of these people for a while. So they're like – they're getting their – call in to talk to <laughs> Reverend Ken. <laughs> they do what we have to do. <laughs> I did have one quick question. Okay. Which is uh, – you're talking about affirmations, Ken, a lot. Uh, Paul Hasselbeck taught me uh, to do denials first and then follow with affirmations because mm-hmm. I think, as I recall, your subconscious mind remembers the last thing you said to it or something. I'm wondering if, if that's a practice that you recommend or follow. Yeah, I do. In fact, I think denials are a great thing to be used in uh, neuroplasticity, too. Uh, and and along with Paul Hasselbeck, I, I like calling them releases more than denials because I think denials gets caught up in our psychological understanding of the term denial. That said, uh, what I do is also use them to uh, physicalize them. So uh, Dr. Brenda Love, Dr. Brenda Wade, the love doctor who you know was at Unity San Francisco recently, also talked about it in brain chemistry. If you're using your hand and you're saying, I release this belief that there's not enough and you've got your thumb out and you're pushing it behind you, that you're physicalizing the motion and your body remembers that. Or, you know, a lot of times we can push things away with our hands. I push away all stress and release it to somewhere else so that all of a sudden I'm engaging my whole body. You know, that idea of release, opening your palms, and that's an ancient spiritual tradition to have your hands open and forward so that when you say, I I release the belief that I am not good enough, which is a huge one for me, right? It's like, oh, I constantly am cycling back going, oh, there that comes up again. 
that comes up again. So I know if uh, if it keeps returning like that, that it's historical. So I open my palms and I stop holding on to it and visualizing it pouring off of me. A way to do multi-century like that is to have your hands running in water. I release the belief that has limited me. Hmm. And there's water pouring over your hands. Mm, nice. Right? And so it, every time then you wash your hands, you're saying that. I release that which no longer serves me. Every time we wash our body. So those things are ways to jumpstart and to upgrade uh, your processes of release. And then move into what you do want. What you do want. Yeah. Ray, so, thank you so much okay. for calling. Thank you. Bye. Nice to talk to you, Ray. Yeah. See you again. I'm really glad he asked about denials because you're right. Mm-hmm. It, they are confusing for people. Yeah. So we're just talking about releasing old beliefs. Mm-hmm. And we carry around a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning making machines we are. We are. <laughs> so Ken brought with him a list of what he calls life hacks, spiritual life hacks. <laughs> Which are really ways to keep your brain healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I wanted you to get to the part about chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also there's spiritual life hacks and there's some foods that you can actually eat and behaviors you can take part in that actually improve brain health. And part of this is really important because we know we're living in a time in a society as we live longer that brain disease is affecting us too. So brain health is important. And the two biggest ones, of course, are Alzheimer's and Parkinson's that are brain diseases. And there's been interventions that show what you can do to help uh, stave off or to actually reverse some of the effects of those two diseases and keep your brain healthy. Uh, We've already talked about is physical activity, Uh, but learning a new skill, uh, learn to play the guitar, learn a new language, learn to play the piano, learn to juggle. There's all kinds of YouTube videos out there. You don't have to spend any money to do it. Put on a YouTube video. Learn something that engages your body, that makes your brain form new neural pathways. It keeps it young and agile. Fasting is one of them. And it doesn't have to be a, a really long fast, but go 14 hours without eating. It engages your brain in a new way and it helps prime it to be ready for new ideas and new things. So uh, know when you're stopping eating in the evening and decide 12 or 14 hours again before you eat again. Sex is a great way to engage new neural pathways in your brain. Really? Really, really, because it's stimulating your whole body, right? And it's engaging your mind in an activity that it may not always, you know, if you're having rote sex, maybe not. But if you're you're having different kinds of sex, yes, let's awaken that. Try something new. But again, the things that can hinder that are sleep deprivation. So make sure that you're doing everything in moderation. Uh, But the foods that help to create new neurons are dark chocolate. Dark chocolate actually helps your brain chemistry. Blueberries. So I love uh, dark chocolate with blueberries. And mm-hmm. there's a really great combination. Salmon, those uh, omega-3 fatty acids really help with brain ca- chemistry. And, of course, there are, as I mentioned, things that are hindered that too. Stress. 
Stress is one of the, the things that really uh, inhibits the new neuron pr- uh, production in our brain. Alcohol, uh, sleep deprivation, and certain medications, of course. So just be conscious of what you're taking uh, and see how it's affecting your brain and how it's working. Because all of this is a two-way street. Neuroplasticity is a two-way street. You can build new positive pathways of your brain or you can reinforce negative behaviors and you can reinforce and and cement patterns that aren't serving you. So um, becoming conscious of it is great. We've already touched on several of the different life hacks, just using your non-dominant hand, getting out of the bed the wrong way, using senses uh, like aromatherapy, using putty, snapping your fingers when you're saying your affirmations. One of my favorites is to sing. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's actually studies that show that uh, having seniors in memory care units sing show tunes improves them cognitive uh, cognitive understanding and really improves their now so they're singing oh what a beautiful morning and do re mi but you know um we can sing rock tunes too what it does is music has rhythm and it has an affirmation in it and if we're singing karen drucker song it's like improving our lives or daniel namod tune and but it's making you use rhythm it's making you use your voice it's making you use your whole body and it engages you in a new way. You know, Janet Connor, who is another radio host on this network, talks about engaging all your senses for prayer. Hmm. So she recommends uh, standing and gesturing during prayer, singing your prayers. Uh, For taste, she says, sipping water is enough. It just, it's engaging all of your senses. So I didn't know it was part of brain health. I thought it was just a nice, you know, ritual Well, more and more we discover, right, that there's no difference between our physical world and our spiritual world Mm -hmm. and that what serves us in the physical body also serves our spiritual body and that the two things are not separate. I love unity and I love meditation, but I'm a mover. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So for me, moving meditation is so important. Chanting is so transformative. All those things applied in being conscious of what it is that I'm moving towards makes the difference. And you can move while you do all those things. Absolutely. Which is natural for you. So I've heard so many people say that they don't like to meditate because they don't like to sit still. Mm-hmm. You're saying you don't have to. You don't have to and sit it's still. better not to. <laughs> well, yeah, whirling dervishes go into a state of ecstasy. Yes. Now, we don't have to become whirling dervishes, but uh, – <laughs> I don't I find it's not necessary to sit still for me to meditate. I can be moving my hands in meditation even if I'm sitting. I can be standing in meditation and walking in a cir- circle, a labyrinth or just walking mm-hmm. in the woods and being in my meditative state is powerful for me. And there is not one way. There's not one right way to do any of this. And I've heard that one of the ways um, to grow your neural pathways is just to question your own thinking. Yes. Yeah. So the problem is we get into these ruts, right? When our beliefs become ruts, we think this is the way it is. This is the way it is. And the biggest intervention you can do to create neural pathways is to question your beliefs. And Thich Nhat Hanh talks about it going as a sign is over in one of his offices. Is that so? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you can't do that. Is that so? That's not the way it's done. 
Is that so? I can't afford it. Is that so? Just the question, the intervention of is that so in every belief you hear run across your your mind allows you to create a new neural pathway, right? Every time you question a belief, you're creating the opportunity to know it a different way and to behave differently. That's the way I've always done it. Is Is that that so? so? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And that's Byron Katie's work too. Yeah. Is that true? Is it really true? Right. Could the opposite be true? Yeah, exactly. And what would you be without the belief that without it's the true? Story, yeah. yeah. What would you believe without the belief that that person should be different? Ooh. Oh. They should be. <laughs> you know, it's simple but not easy. <laughs> Ken, this has been so interesting. Uh, I'm glad we have more time to talk to you. Ken will be here every Tuesday through September continuing to talk about science and spirituality and and different aspects of it. We've got weeks planned on the mind-body connection, on thinking of yourself as divine. We've got a week about healing, even one on the advantages of procrastination. Which I'm an expert in. Yeah. So, Ken, thank you so much for being with us today. Next week, you'll be back in San Francisco, but joining us to talk about the brain in terms of prayer and meditation. So thanks to all of you for listening to Voices of Unity. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.